Coaching Impact Radio, informative conversation by coaches for coaches with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Last week, the magic of modern technology took us to Ireland. This week, Mexico to check out the state of coaching south of the border. Elena Espinal is one of Latin America's most experienced coaches, 26 years of breaking barriers for her clients. Her latest endeavor is breaking barriers for coaches, coordinating a coach training program for the blind and visually impaired. Hello there. Yes, Vincent. Yes, I am here. (laughs) So we are going to be talking uh, today with Elena, and I am so excited because the the topic of today's conversation I think is just super innovative, and I I am just very proud to be able to bring it to our coaching listening audience because I think this is something that all coaches uh, really should hear. I think your story is is going to be one that really touches them. So, um, Elena, I want to first, of course, start by saying, uh, how did you personally come to coaching? Like, what was that journey for you? How did you decide, I want to be a coach? I think that that was very close that what happened to a lot of other coaches in the world. It's not my first profession, you know? Mm-hmm. My first profession has to do with being a dentist. Oh. <laughs> so I began being a dentist. After that, um, I decided to be a biologist and dedicate my life to investigation. Mm. So I was a researcher at the National Commission of Atomic Energy in Argentina. I worked on effects on radiation on the salivary glands. I produced my doctoral thesis. I have a PhD in dentistry, and I have a master in pathology. So I had a great career. I was a professor at the University of Buenos Aires in pathology. I was a junk professor, mm-hmm. very young, so I was very successful. But uh, in 15 days, I lost my father, the principal researcher with whom I was working. And uh, also I got divorced altogether. Wow, that's a big shift. Yes, in 15 days. I asked myself who I am. And uh, I found that all my answers were around what I was doing. Mm. So... That was a real crisis. And in that moment, I met a person that we can't call that she was a coach because I'm talking of 1987. She was a transformational trainer that began to talk with me and uh, asked me to stay in the conversation of who I was. And I remember one day that I was at the laboratory doing a diagnosis, pathological diagnosis, and I, I saw um, an adenocarcinoma. This is a malignant tumor of breath from a woman. Mm-hmm. Of breast, sorry. And uh, 10 minutes after that, this woman came into, into the laboratory to look for the diagnosis. And I called the, the assistant that we had there and said, there's the adeno C of 
of the breast that I just diagnosed. And I listened to myself saying that. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm getting crazy. I'm saying that there's coming the adeno seed. And this woman in two minutes will open that envelope and will know that has five years of life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's married, if she has kids, if she has parents. But I'm sure that with 32 years has a lot of dreams on a life to live. She's losing her life. And I am thinking in the pathology. Yeah. And that, that was the beginning of this big journey that took me outside of there, outside of research that was very interesting, but put me closer to people. For Showed sure. me that, that I could make a difference if I was in contact with people, not only with knowledge. I found that, that researchers, at least in the culture of researchers for being good researchers, should be a little lonely and be not very good in relationships. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, this is not my place. I, I want to be close to people. So that was the first thing. And then I began my, my way finding, imagine 1987, somebody that could teach me this thing called coaching. And uh, I found Jim Salman in the United States. And I began to, to study with him. He was uh, coming from the master that was Fernando Flores. So I began studying ontology. And in the 1990s, uh, 90s I, I met Fernando Flores and continued my, my work on ontology and conversational, uh, conversational design and uh, began to work as a coach. So if you tell me who said that you were a coach, then said that I am a coach, but I didn't have any paper. Mm -hmm. Now... I was working in Argentina, and I was very successful. And people made a lot of changes because of what they were working with me. But a lot of famous people was coming to me in that moment. So I began to appear in the newspapers, and in some moments, somebody said, what is a dentist doing working as a psychologist? And I began to say, how can I explain them that this is not psychology? So I tried to do it. It was absolutely insane. So I decided to manage the breakthrough, a breakthrough from there. And I decided to become a psychologist. So I studied psychology. And I finished psychology in 1995. So they couldn't say that I was not a psychologist. Yes. I was doing coaching. <laughs> Yes. But a new breakdown occurred. They said, yes, you are now a psychologist, but you are a witch for what happens to the people that work with you. And I said in that moment, okay, if I am a witch, why don't we open a school for witches? <laughs> and I created the first school for teaching coaching in Argentina. But not only that. I went to the Ministry of Education and convinced them that coaching could be a great 
profession to, to work on, like a new profession in this world. And it was approved. So this school is a technical school, technical superior school, and the people become coaches, coaches acknowledged by the Ministry of Education in Argentina. That's wonderful. And that was the only one in the world in that moment. So we began to have uh, people trying to be a witch that <laughs> 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 became coaches and the ontological coaches and is today, still today, one of the biggest, I think the biggest institution in Argentina, but at the same time, uh, it was really uh, creating a context for coaching in North Latin America. Which is amazing. And and now you are a master certified coach with the ICF. And yes, here we are yes. all these years later. Yes, because after that, people began to say, yes, but she's not a coach because she's not acknowledged by this school. Yes, I have created the school, but I was not a pupil. Ah. I was the director. So I began to, to my, my way through the, the ICF and I was a PCC for one or two years and then I made the jumping and I became a master coach five years ago. Congratulations. What a, what a journey. I mean, it's just an amazing journey and, and your journey hasn't even uh, begun to scratch the surface of how far you have come even since then. So let's take a second and just talk about the client base that you serve. Who is your ideal client and how did you discover that for yourself? My ideal client? Well, I will use a phrase that I learned from Jim Selman. I think that we, we can serve clients when we are ready to clean the trash that they, that they throw. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the best work for a coach, to clean the trash. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, what the client becomes is a, is a great newly person full of possibilities that almost can do whatever they want. So my ideal client could be the one that has a lot of trash, but also the one that wants to get in contact with the trash. Understood. That's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And then, and then you have this idea, and I want to hear how this idea was born, because you're doing some very innovative work um, around coaching and really in support of um blind coaches so yes. sight impaired blind coaches how did that how did that occur like how did that start well there's um, an institution here in mexico called sight of emotion in spanish is ojo que sienten and it was created by a young woman called gina Badenoch, and gina wanted to teach blind people to take pictures. Nice. So she began with that, teaching pe blind people to, to take pictures. When she was doing that, she told me 
that she was, somebody told her that I was working a lot and I had a great experience working with teams. So she called me and asked me, we don't have money, can you help us in creating some games, some, some things that our blind people could do in companies because what we want is to, to raise money for us and for them. And uh, we want to do some interventions uh, in companies to create some sensitivity around um, diversity and inclusion. So nice. we began working with them, creating some games, and we discovered how powerful they were. Because, for example, if you try to play a game with a ball with a blind person, before throwing the ball, you have to coordinate actions with that person. Sure. And coordinates is based in how high do you need the ball? How, where do you want me to place the ball? Uh, with what speed do you want me to tell you when I am throwing it? So there are a lot of things that you have to coordinate. And if you take two people that have the eyes and see, when they throw the ball, if you tell them throw the ball, they don't begin this kind of conversation. They don't right. coordinate actions. They go to the action directly. And I think in companies, it happens the same. They think that the action is doing the thing, is not coordinating the action in a conversation. Mm -hmm. So we got amazed because some, some things that we are trying to show to the others, we are natural in them they trust in a different way than how we trust. When we, I think that a lot of us, because of culture, we lost the natural trust in life. Mm. We are afraid of dying. We are afraid of losing. We are afraid of not having. Uh, we are afraid of the person that we are sleeping with. So uh, it's like we, we changed trust by control. We tried to control so many things that we forgot that if we are in this kind of sea that is life, we are here because or someone or something is taking care of us. Absolutely. Something or someone thinks that we are useful here. And if you begin to think about that, you will feel that problems are not so big as we think. And uh, you, you begin to confront them in a different way. And I learned this from them because if they don't, work this kind of trust they can't cross the street oh absolutely you know and i think that actually is the tip of the iceberg on on what i really want to get into next is is everything that you learned from this project that you're doing so before, before, but before we go to that we're going to take just a quick break uh and we will be right back 
Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy, offering life coach training and certification in over 20 specialty categories, life, business, couples, health and wellness, and more. Courses can be completed as self-paced study, live teleclasses, or in-person intensives. Just like our radio program, Impact Coaching Academy is by coaches, for coaches. Sign up now for your free membership and receive over 30 hours of training and programming worth thousands of dollars, yours to listen to and enjoy, absolutely free. Then set your own path for growth with courses that are starting soon. Check the calendar to see the current offerings. Impact Coaching Academy. Be a part of the impact at impactcoachingacademy.com. And we're back. So you were just speaking about what you learned from designing this program and, and working with the blind individuals. And, and um, I want to know what else you're picking up from this, because you're taking this into corporations. So really, where is where is your learning most surprising to you right now? Well, one was about um, trust. Let me say that I learned a lot about listening. Because they know a lot of things because of the listening. For example, how big is a room? When they listen, they listen like in planes, like if you are taking a film, that you have a first plane, second plane, third plane. And they can calculate distance because how far the voice is coming from. Right. And in the same way, they can assess in what emotion you are because when you change a position in the chair, they can listen to how are you sitting. If you are tense, if your feet are trying to maintain you stepping on the floor, mm-hmm. if you are relaxed. Fidgety or, or shifting and... Yes, it's incredible they're listening. So that was the second thing I learned. The third thing I learned is that I was relating to learning, like you must have a program. Mm. You must have a class. And we were working with 14 blind people that got blind being adults, so they saw once. They lost something and that, that when they lose it, they, they thought their, their life was finished. They had to build again a life. They had to trust in life. They had to create a vision from where they are. So our way of working was coming from the stories that they were bringing to the class. Mm. And, and I think they are the best coaches that we have created among the, I don't know, thousand coaches that I have formed in my life. Because awesome. they, they learned competencies and they learned ontology and, system and systems coming from their own experience. So it's, it's that they, they, they are coaches now. The way of being in the world is like a coach. And they hold possibility to the coaches because 
they know about that. They did it with themselves. For sure. We had young people. Our youngest pupil was 28. He got blind when he was 13 or 14 because he had a drug trip in the streets. And when he came out of the trip, he was blind. Mm -hmm. And a man that was 65, that's the eldest, that got blind when he woke up from a heart attack. Wow. And some of them quite, are quite a bit of diversity. Yes. And some of them, most of them are professionals, but they can't find work because nobody can listen to what they know. They see them as people with a limitation. And uh, when you get in contact with them, you see your own limitations. Yes, isn't, they, isn't they that the way we different. learn, right? We, we think yes. we know and, and we learn that we don't know anything. Yes, yes, because uh, it's a being that is different from us. The, the, this happened to me with this group. I also found some people. I am trying to bring the same model to other countries where I work with, for example, Argentina. But I found people, blind people, coming from why are you creating a special course and you are not introducing us, us in the same course that you are giving. And they are coming from you are the one that is showing us as different. Instead of thanking life for having an opportunity. Yes? So, so there's something in this group that is thankfulness for life. They, are, they have gratitude. Mm. And I think that's one of the greatest emotions that a human being can live in. That one and the, one, the other one is wonder. I agree. They are amazed of what, what is happening to them. They are thankful because they are open to the world as professionals. They are getting more money than what they had before. And we have created programs that we sell to companies because when, when we work as coaches, we work with the higher positions in a company. And who's impacting the leaders that are in contact with the market, with the clients? There are no coaches working there. So we created programs where the blind people through the computers are working with this level of people, first level of leadership in the companies, and they are making a big difference there. I would imagine. So, I would imagine. And, and that to me is that that's also part of what you were kind of, you mentioned this earlier uh, before we spoke on, on air, you were talking about really inclusion, the inclusion yes. and um I think that uh, I'm seeing so many opportunities. My mind is just a swirl listening to you with uh, all of the different benefits to to the company, to society, to the coach, right? Uh, for this partnership. That's just, it's such a dynamic partnership. Yes, yes. And that changed my mind also. And I, now I always say that among the 11 competencies that the, the ICF talks, there are four that belong to the being, and you can't learn them. 
you have to distinguish them. And once you are doing that work, your being will be transformed. And those are trust, presence, listening, and part of direct communication. Why? Because direct communication, when you say difficult conversations, they are not difficult conversations in the world, are difficult conversations for you. Yes. So let's work with yourself in what is difficult for you. And in your own assessments that make that conversation difficult for you. You know, and I love that you say that because I, and I mentioned this on our show before, I teach and have taught at a several different coach training organizations over the last yes. decade. And one of the things that I talk about when I talk about the core competency of uh, trust and intimacy is that it really is about faith, that it really, it is a being state. It is about having faith having faith in yourself, having faith in the process, having faith in humanity and having faith in the person that you're working with. There really is that, that being state of showing up with your beliefs, supporting this relationship, supporting this thing that you're going into. Uh, so I couldn't agree more about there being a, um, a subset, so to speak, of the core competencies that are really about the being states. I think that that's uh, a wonderful thing to articulate. Yes, and even more, when you say it's the same as faith, and that means that you have to believe before having any evidence. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Right. So and that means losing control. <laughs> right. And especially when we're dealing with newer coaches, you know, that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks that they have, uh, in my experience over the last, you know, like it's a decade, is that they want the evidence to validate their um, right, so to speak, their right to have confidence. And I, I'm like, no, it's, you have to go, it's backwards, go the other way. It's faith before evidence, exactly the words you have used, that um really help us find our confidence our stability and our core as as newer coaches are emerging into the market which of course is wonderful we love we love new coaches we want the, you all to be successful um but it's such a powerful conversation that you're bringing and and the fact that you are um in such a unique position to be working now with these uh, blind coaches and these businesses and really bringing this partnership together uh, and highlighting these being states, uh, the transformation within the companies must be must be really impressive. Yes, and I think that this brings another thing from coaching, mm. and it is that any coachee that comes to you wants to create a future that that never existed before. Right. So if you don't work from faith, from a trust, that means I believe it's possible. And I declare it's true. The only thing is that didn't appear yet, but I know it's there. You can't help the other one. So sometimes our own control, our own fears, make this thing be smaller. The dreams of our coaches are being smaller without being conscious, being conscious 
by the same coach. Mm -hmm. You know, there is this delicate relationship between coach and client. And I think that this is true for all coach and client relationships around the, 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 the faith or the belief in the client's dream. So, you know, when a client says to you, oh, I want to accomplish this, whatever this is, I want to do this. And the, the coach sometimes I don't think realizes just how much influence they have in that relationship or even in the fulfillment of that dream um, by their own, their own belief. You know, so if I, as the coach, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, that's a hard dream. You'll never get that. Even if I never say that to my client, I'm really influencing their success. And that's why it's so important, I think, for coaches to come in with that high level of faith, uh, very much like you're speaking to, uh, from, the, from the very beginning of every relationship. So if a client tells you they want to fly to the moon, I, I'm fascinated. Like you said, wonder. I'm fascinated. I'm like, really? How? How do you want to do that? Like, yes. it never occurs to me to say, no, are you, are you kidding? You know? <laughs> yes, and I don't think we say, are you kidding? But something happens that the questions we make, yes. the way we behave, the context we create are limiting the dream. If we don't work with ourselves in our own limits. Yes. And this is a continuous growth. You will grow with each client that you have. And it's like a trip that never ends because you will find some limits here and you will work on those. And then you will find these other limits here and then you have to work with those. So it's like never ending because your own limits without noticing are, are like set for your client. Yes. And, and I'm certain, and, and the work you're doing right now is shattering limits all over the place. And I think that that is one of the most exciting aspects of this. Well, we're coming into just our last, speaking of limits, we're coming into the last couple of minutes of our, <laughs> of our conversation. So for me, I just want to take a second and say what I'm hoping our, our listeners take away today. And then of course, Elena, I want to turn to you and see what you want to say. Um, so I am really hoping that our our listeners today take away um, a little more faith in what is really possible when we come together with our clients and we create new ways of being. I think that this really illustrates that. Uh, Elena, what about you? Your final thoughts for our audience today? And I think that is not, I want to add something at what you said, is when I come into a client, how how am I open to new possibilities for challenges? How, how I have worked with my own fears? How separate I feel from the others and from the client? Because fear separates you from people. It's like you need to protect yourself when you are afraid. So you get separated from the other ones. So right. when you go to a client, not trusting in yourself, trusting in the client and trusting in the process, that's another way of limiting. So yes. what I want people to take today is choosing to have some time 
to talk with them with themselves about trust about control about trust in the process about trusting life about feeling cared by life itself being part of life not like i have life no you are part of life that's a different thing and i want that to to be the message that's beautiful it's really wonderful and i enjoy so much having you with us today and appreciate so much the insights that you have brought i look forward to having you back and visiting us again uh and for all of our listeners you can follow uh more with elena on our website you'll be able to get all the information about her there and with that we're going to hand things back to vince to close us out for today thank you ma'am and thank you for joining us today there's more exciting conversation by coaches for coaches one week from today with frankie dorn and Terry Hayes. Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Experience ICA with over 30 hours of complimentary materials, then chart your own specific training plan at impactcoachingacademy.com. And of course, join us and access the growing archive of programs here at coachingimpactradio.com. Join us next week, same time and place, as we continue the coaching conversation. I'm Vince Hayes. Bye-bye, everyone.